السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ اشد اللہ واشد محمد بسم اللہ الحمد للہ exemplary and true Muslim, an Ahmadi should always have the excellent example of the Holy Prophet ﷺ before him. And commandment of Allah in this regard is that لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ عُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَجُّ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَةِ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَسِيرًا That is, translation is Verily you have in the Prophet of Allah an excellent model for him who, feared, who fears Allah and the last day and who remembers Allah much. The Holy Prophet set excellent examples in his worship of Allah. He established high examples in honoring the rights and obligations that man owes to Allah and the rights that are due to other human beings. The standard of his worship existed before he became a prophet, carrying food for a few days. He used to retire to a cave and sit by himself, worshipping God. Nevertheless, his worship had not made him a recluse and cut him off from the world. 
he got married he discharged the rights due to his wife and children he looked after the rights of the poor he take he took care of uh, the rights of the neighbor he looked after the relations and also discharged the rights due to the society this is why when he received the first revelation he returned home full of fear he mentioned to his wife as khatija the incident that had shaken him to the core that day he said that he did not know what god was going to do with him this incident greatly agitated him in a state of shock he requested that he be wrapped in something warm so after doing what she had been been told uh, what he has been uh, she had been told as khatija asked him what had happened and he related to her the whole incident he told her how an angel had squeezed him in a tight grip and asked him to read the following words ikra bismi rabbika allazi khalaq recite thou in the name of thy lord who created hazrat khatija replied god has not sent you to give you up be not afraid because you are kind and considerate to to your relations help the poor and the forlorn and bear their burdens you are restoring the virtues that had disappeared from our country you treat guests with honor and help those who are in distress so where whereas he was already worshiping god and abhorred associating partners with allah long before he became a prophet he was at the same time discharging all his social responsibilities then after the call to prophethood his noble characteristics became all the more prominent he became an excellent model of the whole of mankind there was now no way of attaining nearness to allah without following in his footsteps this is why after after stating in the holy quran that you have in the prophet of allah an excellent model it says that this exemplar is uh, is for him who wishes to attain nearness to allah and wants that his end should be good if such a person desires the life hereafter which is an everlasting life then he or she should reflect those excellent examples that the holy quran uh, that the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had established for us in him in himself in his early life 
these examples are about the discharge <coughs> uh, uh, in, 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 the, in this not the early life set for us in himself in this earthly life their examples are about the discharge of the rights due to the creator and the rights due to his creation we Ahmadis that uh, claim that we act in accordance <coughs> with everything commanded by the Holy Prophet we claim that in compliance with his command we believed in the Imam of the age and the promised Messiah who was to appear in accordance with the prophecies of the Holy Prophet the promised Messiah presented the best examples of following the footsteps of the Holy Prophet and became his prototype in this age. We have renewed our pledge that we will continue to abide by the commands of Allah, the Almighty and the Messenger of Allah that the world of today had somewhat, somehow forgotten. We have promised that after this bath or pledge of allegiance we will not only fulfill the obligations due to Allah and His creation in our lives, but shall try our best to get our children to continue with these good works. Then, above everything else, we will try our utmost to, to spread this beautiful light around us. So, each Ahmadi should pledge that having become an Ahmadi, he would reflect by his deeds <coughs> those lofty examples that are worthy of the religion brought by the Holy Prophet and display to the rest of the world the beauty of his character. Only when you mold your lives in this manner can you ever hope of benefiting from the blessings and beneficence of Allah. And only then can you become the inheritors of the everlasting paradise in the next life. What was the uh, that uh, excellent example of the Holy Prophet that we have been asked to follow? What were those noble examples that were so liked by Allah the Almighty that He commanded that the only way to come near to Allah and to become the beneficiaries of Allah's bounties lay in emulating <coughs> the ways that His beloved servant Muhammad used to tread I shall give you a few examples of his precept. After his prophethood, what were the standards of his worship and the manner in which he discharged the rights owed to Allah? In this connection, it is narrated 
that when he used to observe the tahajjud prayers that is a prayer before fajr his the morning prayer before the midnight prayer his qiyam or standing position used to be for such a long time that his feet would swell once one of his wives hazrat sauda who used to observe her prayers very regularly joined the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in tahajjud prayer he bowed for such a long time that when the prayers finished hazrat sauda said to the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the bowing position had stretched for such a long time that her nose almost bled in another incident in response to a question hazrat aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha summed up the manner of the holy prophet's worship by saying that his tahajjud prayer used to be so long adorable and beautiful that you should not ask her about its length and beauty that is to say she did not have the words to draw an image of his worship so this used to be the standard of his act of worship of which i have given you one or two examples once the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was seen performing his tahajjud prayers so fervently that he was trembling all over and was heard weeping again and again hazrat aisha radhiyallahu anha summarized this state by saying that the sound seemed as if a pot was boiling that is to say that the passion with which he observed his prayers sounded like a pot was boiling away when the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam finished his prayers hazrat aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha said o prophet of allah allah has forgiven you uh, your past and future mis uh, past and future mistakes and sins then why do you pray with such passion and fervor he replied should i not then be a grateful servant of allah so these are the standards of the gratitude of our holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam these prayers of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the almighty should continue to create such people who obey the laws of allah and are regular and consistent in their prayers were of course for his followers and those who believed in him his prayers were because of his concern lest his people should draw away from their lord because whatever the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wanted for himself allah provided without his asking for it his prayers were an expression of his gratitude that allah the almighty had made him 
discharge his position as the caretaker for the welfare of his followers. His prayers were also in gratitude for the tidings of his spiritual son through whom Islam was going to triumph over all other religions. So we call ourselves Ahmadis, who, we who call ourselves Ahmadis can be the beneficiaries of these prayers of the Holy Prophet only when we observe our prayers in accordance with the model set before us. Admittedly, we cannot rise 100% of to the standard of the Holy Prophet but we should remember that the more effort we spend in following his footsteps, the better beneficiaries we will become of the Holy Prophet's prayers that he said in the dark hours of the night. Therefore, the first thing that every Ahmadi should remember is that he must put new life and fervor into his prayers. Get into the habit of observing all your prayers. Then acquire the habit of saying all your prayers in congregation. And then get into the habit of <coughs> observing the voluntary prayers. May Allah enable every Hamdi to do this. The second important matter that should exist in every Ahmadi who by performing the bath at the head of the spiritual son of the Holy Prophet has renewed the pledge that he shall follow the model set by the Holy Prophet is that he should display those excellent values and discharge the rights owed to fellow human beings. We are fortunate that we believe in that Prophet about whom the Almighty Allah has given the testimony that وَإِنَّكَ لَا عَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And thou dost surely possess high moral excellence. Therefore, the followers who have found such an excellent Prophet, who have presented such lofty examples of high moral excellence can very well imagine the standard of moral excellence to which they must rise. Hence, every Ahmadi should assess himself by this standard. Now I shall mention a few moral values that are essential for promoting an atmosphere of love affection and brotherhood in the world. An, excellence, uh, an excellent moral value for the maintenance of peace in the world is truth. If the world becomes steadfast on truth, many troubles can be removed. We resort to falsehood in the interest of our personal benefit as the result of which dissension begins to spread in society. We rely on lies in matters ranging from domestic issues to social matters. 
and then from national to international levels. <clears throat> this has begun to be termed a matter of convenience or expedience. And it is said that it is perfectly acceptable to resort to falsehood. In today's society, the habit of telling lies and spreading falsehood has become so prevalent that any sense of the dislike and profane has vanished. The husband tells lies to the wife and the wife lies to the husband. We can see cracks appearing in the contracts between a husband and a wife, a contract that is supposed to be based on a dignified and sacred trust. It is because of not speaking the truth that there is an absence of trust between the parties. It also has an effect on the children. Then because of not speaking the truth, the relationship with neighbors has begun to worsen. The relation between the master and servant has begun to deteriorate. The relation amongst business shareholders have begun to go bad. Likewise, grievous misunderstanding and distances have begun to grow between one nation and another. All this is because they have stopped using the honest and straightforward truth. They have gone away from the truth. What is the straightforward word? It is that truth in which there is no trace of any lie. It should not have words from which double, mean, double meaning should arise but it should be the unadulterated and straightforward word. This is what we are taught in the Holy Quran. What is the example and directive of the Holy Prophet ﷺ in this matter? I will illustrate this by the following few examples. The standard of honesty of the Holy Prophet ﷺ was so high that well before his prophethood, the people of Mecca used to call him as the truthful and trustworthy. This attribute of speaking the truth was so well marked in his character that the Holy Quran refers to it as proof of the truth of his claim. It says, I have indeed lived among you a whole lifetime before this. Will you not then understand? Who is then more unjust than he who forges a lie against Allah or he who treats his signs as lies? In other words, I have lived such a long time with you. I spent my youth with you, traded with you, and adjudicated with matters for you. But you have never found that I have ever indulged in the evil of telling lies. 
So when I have never told a lie amongst people, then how could it be that I should forge a lie about a matter relating to God? The disbelievers could not deny this and kept saying that as far as the standard of his honesty was concerned, they could not deny it. But they could not at the same time accept his teaching as correct. As for the teaching, they said it was not correct. This, te- this testimony was given by his strongest enemy, Abu Jahal. The second biggest opponent was Abu Sufyan. When Abu Sufyan appeared before Heraclius to lodge a complaint against Muslims who had gone there, he incited the emperor against the Muslims. After the answers provided by the Muslims and wise, Heraclius asked Abu Sufyan, Did your people ever charge the Prophet with lying before he announced his claim? Abu Sufyan had no other answer than to say no to this question. Thereafter the Emperor Heraclius said, I inferred from this that a person who does not lie about men will not lie about God. This was the standard of truth that the Holy Prophet had established that despite enmity with him, not even an enemy could accuse him of telling a lie. What expectations does we have about truth from his followers? He admonished that always speak the truth because truth leads to good deeds and good deeds lead to paradise. He said that the one who always speaks the truth is written as the truthful before Allah. Hazrat Hassan bin Ali narrates that he remembered the directive of the Holy Prophet clearly. Leave alone that which leaves you in doubt and adhere to that which is free from doubt. For truth is comforting, falsehood is disturbing. Now see what expectations he had from his followers. They should always speak the truth because this is the means of paradise. Paradise is attained not merely after death, but by doing good works and obeying the commands of Allah. A person can begin to build his or her paradise in this very world. While mentioning truth, I said earlier that there is unrest because of placing too much reliance on lies in matters ranging from domestic life in which husband, wife, children, brother, sister and relatives are included to international affairs. If by making truth the basis of all our dealings to resolve our matters, then heaven will begin to emerge on earth. You will see that as a result of the saying of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, truth is comforting, falsehood is disturbing, paradise will begin on earth. 
your domestic differences would begin to end. Trust upon each other would begin to grow. Because of speaking the truth, suspicions would begin to reduce. And once suspicions reduce, then differences and disputes would also end. When disputes and fights end, then heaven would begin to appear in this world and the cool breeze of paradise would flow through each household. Moreover, if international relations begin to strengthen on the basis of truth, then the government of one nation would begin to trust the government of another country. The people of that country would begin to rely on each other. If any mistakes are committed, then on the basis of truth, a solution would be found in a friendly manner. If we analyze the situation today, it is because of lies and falsehood that there is so much disorder and dissension. An agreement is drawn up, then it is breached in such a way as to serve the self-vested interests of one nation, so that although overtly the agreement is still in place, yet covertly another nation is made to suffer. Today the powerful nations are precisely doing that with the smaller nations and the richer nations are doing the same with the poorer nations. On the pretext of aid, then <coughs> they ensnare poor, poorer nations in their clutches with a smooth tongue in which there is absolutely no truth. In this way, they capture the economy of the less developed nations. When the people of the affected nations react, suspicions begin to grow further. Quarrels and disorders, disorders spread. The ordinary people begin to lose faith in the governments. They spill out on the streets. They begin to break up their own country and cause damage that can never be justified. As a result, instead of being a heaven, the beautiful country become a living hell. Therefore, lies are severe evils. The absence of truth from a people and today the absence of truth throughout the world is the true cause of disorder. We Ahmadis should save ourselves from this and should inculcate the habit of speaking the truth. In this way, we at least can make our society a reflection of heaven on earth. It is possible that by seeing us, the other people within our society can also adopt truth as their way of life. To establish truth is such a good deed that it can be the means of acquiring all other good values. It is narrated in a tradition that a person came before the Holy Prophet and said 
that it was not possible for him to leave all evils at once. He asked the Holy Prophet ﷺ to tell him one evil he could leave first of all. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Leave telling lies because it is such an evil that can rid you of your other evils. The person said that this was an easy matter. He would inshallah act in accordance with it. After this, he went home and whenever the, he th- the thought of committing any evil crossed his mind, he recall, recalled that if the Holy Prophet ﷺ heard that he had committed such an evil and he asked him about it, the Holy Prophet ﷺ asked him about it, it would be a matter of great shame because he could not now tell a lie. He would have to speak the truth. Anyhow, one by one, all these evils ended. In brief, if you want to save yourself, your your peace and uh, want to save save yourself, your peace and quiet, and want to purify your society, you will have to completely stay away from falsehood and tread the path of truth. Here I would like to draw the attention of women that because the responsibility of the future generation lies on women, if the ladies acquire this attribute then you will be the means of establishing heaven on earth and being a helper and assistant in this task. But remember that the reformation of women takes place only when the men try to reform themselves and make themselves the exemplar. There are many other moral values that are mentioned in the Holy Quran and Hadith and it is a duty of each Ahmadi to acquire these values. It is not possible to mention them all here because I have to keep time in mind. But remember that having believed in the promised Messiah when you have renewed the pledge that you would try to obey all the commands of Allah, the Almighty and His Messenger, then you should save yourselves from those evils that Allah and His Messenger have mentioned. These include high values in discharging trust and honesty. Remember that trust and honesty have a connection with truth. If you are honest, then you will also be trustworthy and be the one who discharge the rights of people. You will also be able to discharge the trust reposed in you. The place where you work is also a trust that has been placed in you. This is why you should discharge your trust with responsibility and honesty, whether you work in a farm or in a factory or in the civil service. Wherever you work, discharge the rights and obligations of your work. And Ahmadi should be more diligent and enthusiastic about his work so that justice is is done. Then in today's democratic world, 
there is the right of a vote. Whether you exercise this right in the election of office bearers for the Jamaat or the election of representatives for national government, always elect the one you believe is hardworking and has the knowledge and skills that task for which he is being elected and can discharge the responsibilities entrusted on him. Do not elect someone because he is your relative or has some other connection with you. The persons elected in this manner should continue to assess themselves by realizing that the people have placed their trust in them and hence their work should be in the interest of the people and the nation. Another value is the fulfillment of promises. If you fulfill your pledges, then the standard of honesty will rise automatically. The standard of viewing, uh, being, uh, sorry, uh, the standard of vying with one another in good works will also increase automatically. Pledging to act in accordance with the uh, conditions of bad of the Prophet Messiah Islam, you Ahmadis have entered Ahmadiyya. Then there are pledges of Qudam, Ansar and Rajna in which you repeat that you will give preference to your faith over worldly matters. So if you keep thinking seriously all the time that you have to give precedence to your faith over worldly pursuits, you will be discharging the obligations and rights due to God Almighty and also observing the rights of Allah's creation because Allah's commands us, Allah commands us to fulfill the rights due to people. You will also remain steadfast on truth. You will also be doing justice to uh, serving your people and your country which are the duties of every citizen. Thus, there are many other ways of good works to which Islam commands us and whose examples were established by the Holy Prophet ﷺ. We should act on these. The Holy Prophet ﷺ faithfully fulfilled the pacts that were drawn up with the disbelievers and the Jews. Unless the others broke a pact, he abided by each promise and each condition of every pact. And he set these examples for us so that we act upon them. Another good work is thankfulness and gratitude, about which I mentioned with reference to the prayers of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Every Ahmadi should acquire the habit of showing gratitude. When you show gratitude, it will cause contentment and tranquility to develop. When there is contentment, one will never think of having uh, satisfaction by improper means for one's desires. Then another good deed is forgiveness, that is to say, pardon any excesses. The Holy Quran states, Wal yafu wal yasfahu.
let them forgive and pass over the offense the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam showed so many examples of this quality that one is amazed at reading or hearing about them hazrat aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha relates that the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam never extracted any revenge for any excess committed against himself once he received a roasted leg of meat from a jewish lady it had been spiced with some poison the moment he put it into his mouth he knew that it contained poison the poison was so potent that it still left its effect when this lady was he immediately threw it out the piece from his mouth but it was very much poisoned it affected when this lady was presented before him she admitted that she had mixed poison in it but the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam forgave her so this was the standard of his forgiveness nare takbir nare takbir allahu akbar hazrat muhammad mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam hazrat muhammad mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam This is why he advised his followers that a wrestler who throws another on the ground in a wrestling match is not a champion but the one who overcomes his anger is the true champion wrestler because he has overturned satan So these few examples of good deeds that I have put before you are so that they become an integra- integral part of your lives and ahmadi should be superior to others because he has believed in the true servant of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in this age if having believed in the imam of the age no change has occurred on you then there is no use in your being an ahmadi if you have joined ahmadiyat because you believe it to be true then truth should become manifest from each action of yours this manifestation of truth and the pure reformation within you will serve as the means of silent propagation it will draw you nearer to the almighty allah for which you have accepted ahmadiyat the founder of the jamaat ahmadiyah Hazrat Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam states it is incumbent on each person in my jamaat to adhere to all these legacies legacies that is to say on all these matters about good works and it is necessary that there should be no impiety or laughter and ridicule in your gatherings walk on earth with a good heart and clean nature and pure thoughts and remember that every mischief is not worth responding to this is why it is essential that you should acquire the habit of forgiveness and overlook the fault of others at most times and work with patience and wisdom do not attack anyone in any unjust manner and suppress your passions and egos
and if anyone deals with you in a barbaric manner just say peace and leave that gathering he said may allah makes us such a community that you become a model of good works and guidance for the world you be identified by the observance of the five daily prayers and moral conditions it is necessary that your hearts are free from deceit and your hands are innocent of cruelty and your eyes are pure of all impurities and apart from veracity and kindness for the creation there is nothing within you so remember that it is the duty of every ahmadi to do these good works you can be called a true ahmadi only when you act in accordance with this teaching of the promised messiah al-islam the objective of holding this jalsa is to remind ourselves about these good deeds because in this atmosphere of jalsa when the emotions are a little bit different in respect of spirituality attention should be drawn towards it so that the pledge that we made with the promised messiah al-islam and with the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and allah the almighty is renewed may allah make everyone an exemplary ahmadi an exemplary citizen and an exemplary human being through whom allah's creation can always return his grace amen according to the report of the attendance of jalsa they say it is 556 whereas it was 247 last year alhamdulillah now we shall offer silent prayer join me in silent prayer
آمین السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ